1: Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, as well as the Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans, and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. And uh, we see every knee every day the need for people to step up and fulfill the obligations of that most important political office. Because, as Benjamin Franklin admonished us that it's a republic if you can keep it, we are, without doubt, losing the republic. And the events of this past week just further illustrate that. With the fourth indictment, a politically motivated indictment of Donald Trump in Basically, exercising his First Amendment rights and contesting the uh, stolen 2020 election. To help us sort through this, we're pleased to welcome back to uh, the show Tom Del Bacaro, uh, the author of The Divided Era and How We Got There and The Keys to America's Reconciliation. And the division is only getting worse as well. And uh, you can find him at tomdell.com dot com, as well as the political vanguard and on on Facebook. He's a commentator. He was a former head of the Republican Party in California. We'll try not to hold that against him too much. And he is also a fellow attorney. And as always remember out there that it is the 97% of attorneys that give us 3% a bad name.
2: There you go.
3: Great to be on. But I want to immediately pick up on your uh, quote from Franklin because the full quote at the end he says a republic if you can keep it madam he did not say importantly a republic if your leaders can keep it he realized that it is the individuals of america not its leaders that are responsible for keeping the republic and in the context of this discussion and and what's going on with the fbi the doj and the states attorneys general It is up to the citizens to push back on this, because as my next op-ed discusses, we have reached the stage in our republic where the government is protecting itself from the citizens. Government's a big business. Nine of the 20 richest counties in America surround Washington, D.C. They don't want their swamp drained because they're making big money off that swamp. They're making money from us, the taxpayers, and they are no longer interested in our opinion in some regards. And the DOJ and the FBI plainly want to choose who could be the president because they don't want their turf invaded
1: oh yes uh donald donald they view donald trump as a as a mortal enemy um an uh, existential you know they are fond of saying for climate change uh it's an existential crisis of course the people that have beachfront mansions and flying private jets never reflect that in in their uh in their own personal behavior. But yes, it, it, for them, it, it is an existential crisis. And I think that what's going on, one is they want to keep Donald Trump from being president at all costs. Two, they want to deter anyone else from ever challenging the swamp. And we'll go we'll, as we dive into this. The third is they want to deter everyone else, including lawyers uh, political activists, from contesting. Fraudulent or potentially a fraudulent election. So when they steal the 2024 election, no lawyer will dare step up to contest that because they'll know that some d- Democrat attorney general or district attorney someplace is likely to indict them for racketeering, for merely giving legal advice or filing court cases.
3: Yeah, there's a, I mean, if we go into that, I had uh, many friends during the whole Russiagate canard or soft coup attempt. Many friends who were called as witnesses did not know the scope of what would be done to them or, or or their friends had to lawyer up and wound up with very expensive bills so okay, what does that mean? What it means is that has a chilling effect on anyone who would participate in future Republican administrations because the Democrats know this process
4: of this process of of indicting is working for
3: the democrats they're able to get away with this people need to remember in 2015 uh rick perry was preparing to run for president and what happened he was he was indicted by his political opponent it derailed some of his efforts it eventually was thrown out because of first amendment and other uh issues including you know the uh, this is the political process you don't get to criminalize the political process but it worked look at what they did to the trump administration in sidetracking it it worked
4: Yes. Not only did it
3: work, but freaking uh, uh, they lied and Andrew McCabe should have been indicted. Instead, he sued and made money off the process.
4: Yes.
1: And when you have D.C., I I think the uh, special prosecutor, I forget the man's name, um, uh, brought a couple of cases for, for lying and the D.C. juries just. Threw it out and refused to convict the Democrat, and um, conversely, any Republican or Donald Trump supporter or Donald Trump um, in D.C. They could indict Donald Trump for assassinating Abraham Lincoln, Julius Caesar, and/or the Easter Bunny, and a D.C. jury would convict him.
3: Yeah, no, and 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 it's not you, your hyperbole, just saying that Alan Dershowitz said that it's a virtual certainty that Trump will get uh, will get convicted and then have to undo that on appeal. Of course, those are federal charges, which he can pardon himself. If he makes it that far, there's a new poll out claiming that 55% of Americans won't vote for him. I don't necessarily believe that poll. But I do believe that the Democrat strategy is to create Trump fatigue, and it it will have an effect on some people. And so this is their strategy to to stop him from returning to the oval office and Republicans including Mitch McConnell need to understand if they allow this strategy to go forward and be successful they are condemning all Republicans going forward and destroying the republic
4: yes
1: um uh, I do want to spend some time on on some of the specifics of of these of these cases, but there was an i i read a, it was a column this week um by uh by chris bray and he made exactly that point is okay let's say all right let's let's move on from donald trump let's as the establishment would certainly like to to do now what are the odds that the next republican candidate that some Democrat state AG or the Department of Injustice or uh, a local Democrat district attorney is going to uh, find a crime this person committed, uh, you know, as in the, the infamous saying by uh, Stalin's secret police chief Lavrenti Beria, who said that "Show me the man, and I'll find the crime." And we see the the Democrat AGs and DAs following that philosophy. So they'll, they'll if it works once, without cost. Why not do it again?
3: Well, it's worked many times.
1: Remember, this country is founded in part but because
3: of the ability of King George in the parliament to pass a bill of attainder, which in effect had the same of what you're talking about, Stalin. And that's why we have a Fourth Amendment. You you have uh, Leticia James in New York, and now this... uh, uh, DA in Georgia, who basically campaigned on a we'll get Trump mantra, and then they kept investigating until they found something. Uh, I sure hope that the the Supreme Court will eventually say that when a politician campaigns on a program of indicting an individual, that that is that Everything is poison of the of the or fruit of the poisonous tree after that. And the whole indictment must be thrown out because we cannot get to this stage of politics by by indictment. But that's where we are. And that's what's at stake in the next election. And Donald Trump, therefore, becomes a a metaphor and a uh, martyr for the republic because. Whether you like them or not, if you allow them to do this, then you're sinking the republic uh, over time. Is it gone right away? No. But look, (laughs) a free government is where the people have a clear say in choosing their leaders and policy. No one can say with the DOJ and the FBI, if they're getting away with this, that we have that. Nor can they say with the power that government gives to Pfizer and Moderna and McDonnell Douglas and all the corruption and with the Bidens, all that coziness, that your vote counts as much as as their vote.
1: Well, not at all. And uh... Yeah, I haven't mean, really delved into the uh, to the to the vote fraud, but just uh, before we go to break here, uh, one interesting aspect of this latest Georgia case and of the uh, January sixth case, which is basically indicted for contesting vote fraud or alleged vote fraud, I think it was clear, but other people may not. May, you or may you may not agree with that, uh, but for contesting that, that is a that is now a crime, and. Uh, no one'll no one will contest that. No one will contest to that. Yes, yeah, that's their effort. To kill
3: yes. your ability to fight back. And the, the the interesting question of these trials, most of which there's four of them, maybe only one will come to uh trial in, in next year. But will all these defendants be able to put on their case of what they believe the voter fraud was and therefore prove their innocence because Not only did they believe there was voter fraud, but there actually was in some circumstances.
1: Well, I I think so, and I think I think both of those cases would call for that. Although we'll see if the judges allow for that. But you could, if if they do, if if this these trials become, was there vote fraud, or even did Donald Trump reasonably believe? There was vote fraud. This could this could be a month long exposition of the problems in our in our election system, um, which could be interesting and um, how yeah. that will play out. We we, we shall see. Um, let's take a pause here. We'll, we'll resume our discussion after this word from Ed Hoffman of United America Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this.
5: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event Heard Weekends right here on AM five ninety The Answer. Think about this. Your mortgage rate is at 3%, but your car loan is now at 10 or 11%. Over the past year, the average car payment has risen from $400 to $800. Rates on your credit cards have risen from an average of 14% up to 20% and higher. And across the country, credit card balances are higher now than they were before COVID. HELOCs are now at 10%. You don't want to touch your low-rate mortgage, but you're paying through the nose on all of your other debts, and it's hard to make ends meet. Solution? Do a cash-out refinance and wrap all your debt together on your house now and lower all your payments. Then when the rates really drop next year, you can do a rate and term refinance when rates are really low and not have to pay the cash-out refinance fees to do it. If this idea makes you curious, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo.
0: Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer.
1: Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Brother of Party Patriots, Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. Very pleased this week to be talking to Tom Del Bacaro, uh former head of the Republic- California Republican Party. We um, forgive him. For that, for that grave sin. He's, a, he's the author of The uh, Divided Era, How We Got Here and the Keys to America's uh, Reconciliation. You can find him at tomdell.com or politicalvanguard.com, commentator, uh, writer, see him on TV. Uh, we're talking about the latest indictment and the larger sense of what that means for, for the country. The specific, the one that came out of Georgia, it's interesting because I know, because Jenny Beth Martin, who is the head of Tea Party Patriots National, uh, she worked as a, as a volunteer paralegal on the Georgia case. So it was contesting that. And they found uh, it, there were votes that were illegal under Georgia law. 66,000 uh, for the underage people that registered illegally. 15,700 that had filed change of addresses with the U.S. United States Postal Service to move out of state. Uh, forty thousand that uh, moved and changed county without re-registering a violation of Georgia law, and uh, three hundred five thousand that illegally requested absentee ballots. And Georgia law says that if the uh, number of the illegal votes exceeds the vote margin, which in Georgia was less than twelve thousand votes in twenty twenty, then the election has to be redone. So yeah, that's and they and,
3: they, and they and the and the DA claimed though those were all false. So, are we going to have a trial on whether that was true or not, and and evidence of whether they had the intent that they were or they they claim the DA claims they know they were lying? Okay, well here's our proof that we believed in what we said, and as we talked about off air for a minute, you, you got 19 people. That trial would be months on end. Let's say Trump uh, gets the nomination; it's going to be hard. It's hard to fathom how he wouldn't at this 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 stage, unless he walked away himself. So then, let's say he becomes he gets elected. What what would happen when the president of the United States is asked to participate in a trial for two to three months? I think in the past at the federal level that has been put as they have they have said you can't do that sort of thing, but the state levels. A completely different issue. And that's what's concerning here that these states now are, are doing this sort of thing to get in the action. Listeners need to remember we're four for four here. Four very partisan DAs, four Democrat districts, and that's the risk to Trump.
1: Yes. Uh, now, the Republicans, I think, I'd be willing to bet, I know that because in Georgia, the governor does not have pardon authority. Unlike yeah. most states, unlike most states. But with a Republican majorities in the legislature and a Republican governor, I'd be willing to bet if they wanted to, they could find some way to to, to stop this, whether it is to cut off their funding, to abolish your position, to take, take charge of any political cases or election cases and give them over to the state attorney general or whatever I'd be willing to bet the Republicans there could find something to put a stop to this uh, political persecution. And do you think Brian Kemp would sign that law? Oh no, not not without a heck of a lot of uh, of of pressure. I think Reagan said that you can't make them see the light, make them feel the heat. So if there, if three million, if two or three million Georgia Republicans called his office, emailed his office, demanding that he do that he do X to stop this political persecution. Um, he might see it differently.
3: Yeah, it's possible. Listen, I know we're running out of time here, yes. but I, I, I do want to say something about the California Republican Party. Uh, I don't see. I. It turns out that I was the last chairman to qualify an initiative on the state statewide, and that's a that's a travesty. Not mm-hmm. that I was the one who did it, but that it's been that long since it was done. I do not understand why the California Republican Party is not circulating a initiative to repeal Prop 47. It is wildly unpopular among businesses in this state. It has become wildly unpopular among individuals in this state. And law and order, the whole nation knows law and order is out of control in California. So why isn't, here, I'm going to interview you. Why isn't the California Republican Party champion this easy issue. It is baffling to me.
1: Um, very good question, because California votes more conservative on initiatives than it does on candidates when there's an R or a D next to the person's name. And you look back to 2020 when Joe Biden won the state by, I don't know, 20 or 30 points. um, The state that's that same electorate voted down the business property tax increase by as well as the Prop 16 to reinstate racial preferences.
3: Yeah, and part of the reason, Greg, that I think they are willing to do that is because initiatives are tailored solutions to discrete problems, not Fuzzy, I'll be nicer, or I want to help people or like me because I'm not them. There's a pothole in the street, and here's our initiative to fill the pothole and If you're reasonable amount about the way you want to fill the pothole, people will go along with you but prop fourteen forty seven is wildly unpopular. The business community would get behind that, and i d- and everybody now knows, except for Gavin Newsom and a few of his cohorts. How how devastating that Prop 47 has been, and you know there's a direct line to here's our problems, and so if the California Republican Party wants to be relevant, in my view, this is something they simply must do.
1: Sure, and I'm, they should have a whole ser- they should have a series of initiatives, uh, things that that that, that pull well, and here's our and here here is here is our agenda. We need more water. Here's our our initiative to give you more water. Here's our initiative to make sure that the roads are good. Here's our school choice initiative. Yeah. Listen, I've been
3: advocating for uh, that, uh, something related to water for years in this state for Republicans. The the way back, (laughs) the Democrats in this state have caused a lot of problems with their big government. The way back for parties is is not compre- uh, some comprehensive thing saying we're going to fix all of government. The way back is what I call foot in the door politics. Pick a vibrant issue and prove that you're responsible on a particular issue, and then people will notice you the second time around. And that and so Prop 47 to me is that perfect uh issue even in this state, I bet you get sixty percent of the voters to say enough's enough.
1: I think you could. And the also polls well is uh keeping parents informed. Uh if if you if your kid want if if they, if a kid wants to go tranny, uh you can tell the parents. And that's that polls at 60% plus as well. You see and it's not just the polling number. It's what will change votes is will Issues such as that, such as control. So you can't have a mob loot a store with absolute impunity. So there's enough water.
4: Will that change people that would otherwise vote Democrat to vote Republican? It's possible very well. It's possible, but
3: you got to start somewhere. And uh, when I was became chairman of the contra costa republican party the somewhere i started because the party didn't exist didn't have any get out to vote was to get behind a sup- a supervisorial race push that person over the line and then prove to donors and republicans that were here that we can be relevant well we won that race and within three years we had the number one turnout for a large county by percentage of Republicans in the state because we proved that we, again, that we were relevant. Well, the California Republican Party is, uh, I think you would agree with me, lacking relevance in electoral matters in this state. And so the foot in the door is a popular initiative. I think Prop 47's the gig. But overall, Republicans, if we go circle back nationwide, it's not always sexy to run on fixing government uh, bureaucracy, but if we don't this time around with the FBI and the DOJ, we could it, it'll get ever harder.
1: I think. Well, I think I I I, was, I don't know how much traction it would have, but I think it may. Is that this is your last opportunity to keep America as a free country. And I think there's a number of Democrats, perhaps illustrated by Tulsi Gabbard, but she's you know she's the figurehead or she's the person who you would see this is see they see that and yeah maybe I disagree on a whole series of other things but if we go if we got if we let these Democrats continue to run this as the Democrat Party is currently constructed um, we won't be a free country and it's not hyperbole anymore. I don't, think, I, I don't think it is. Well, I know you get a to run, Tom, and I appreciate you being on the show, and we'll ha- we will definitely have you back. Um, and stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite, i.e. Radio. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Unite American
5: Mortgage and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM 590 The Answer. Think about this your mortgage rate is at 3%, but your car loan is now at 10 or 11%. Over the past year, the average car payment has risen from $400 to $800. Rates on your credit cards have risen from an average of 14% up to 20% and higher. And across the country, credit card balances are higher now than they were before COVID. HELOCs are now at 10%. You don't want to touch your low-rate mortgage, but you're paying through the nose on all of your other debts, and it's hard to make ends meet. Solution? Do a cash-out refinance and wrap all your debt together on your house now, and lower all your payments. Then when the rates really drop next year, you can do a rate and term refinance when rates are really low and not have to pay the cash out refinance fees to do it. If this idea makes you curious, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo.
1: Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation and NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage
0: Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer.
1: Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots and Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous, or as the FBI calls us, domestic extremists. Uh, we had a great conversation with Tom Del Beccaro in our first half hour regarding the latest uh, Trump indictment. Um, but it always seemed to coincide with news comes out about the Biden family corruption, and promptly thereafter, they the demo, some Democrat DA or AG drops another indictment uh, against Donald Trump, and this one is for was for his efforts and efforts of his attorneys to contest the stolen 2020 election. And uh, according to Rasmussen, well, that's, you know, of course, the braces of the indictment that was a lie! But according to Rasmussen, and is from May of 2023, 62% of all voters think that it was likely that cheating affected the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. And that includes 80% of Republicans of independents, and even
4: 45% of Democrats. Now, Rasmussen did not ask ask the follow-up question,
1: particularly of the Democrats, is how many of you support cheating to affect the outcome of a 2020 presidential election? Uh, That would be a real interesting question. I I wish someone would ask that, is... Would you support? Do you support cheating in an election if necessary to prevent Donald Trump from being elected? And I think the numbers uh, would be surprisingly high, particularly among the Democrats, but also among the uh, you know, the, uh, the establishment Republicans, is they they view him and rightly so, I think, as an existential threat to the system. Now. In a republic, of course, the voters get to choose their candidates, even if the establishment thinks it's an existential threat to the system. And I think even if the candidate really is, you have to let the voters' choice of a candidate prevail. And that is why our Constitution was written the way it was. Is I,
4: I'm sure the founders didn't think that, all, oh, that, that the voters would always make good choices. But- what they did was,
1: is they divided power horizontally and vertically. And what do I mean by that? They divided it horizontally in the sense that we, you know, we have the three branches of government. You have the courts, you have the Congress, and you have the executive branch. But and within that, of course, then there are all various conceding interests and there are subcourts and then there are now the bureaucracy and there's also an independent, supposedly independent media, although most of the media is now uh, pro- voluntary propagandists for for the regime. But they also divided it vertically. In other words, the federal government was of, supposed to be of limited power. The Article 8 of the Con- Section 1, Article 8 of the Constitution enumerates the powers of Congress and things that the federal government can do. Declare war, regulate trade among foreign countries, even between and among the states, li- have a postal office. I mean, there are certain limited things they can do. And the, otherwise, power was then reserved back to the states. States had the, the particularly the founding states had most of the what was happening and what would affect your life was happening at the state level, where you were even closer to your elected representatives, and ultimately then back to the people. And all of that's getting 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 messed up now as increasingly those those lines are all blurred, and you don't have that kind of separation of power. So when you let when you elect bad people. When you elect people who don't want to keep the republic, then those checks and balances are, have been greatly eroded. Now we still have a majority on the Supreme Court that basically favors the Constitution, but that could easily change. If the Democrats had a had a majority in the uh, in the Senate, in the House, and in a Democrat in the White House, they were willing to eliminate the filibuster. They would, they could, and would. Pack the Supreme Court with left far-left judges that would remove perhaps one of the last remaining roadblocks and you know, separation of powers to limit the power of the government and what bad they, and what bad leaders can do. But that's human nature. That is human nature. And why America has the longest surviving constitution in the world and the longest surviving republic in the world, is in large measure because the founders understood human nature. Uh, John Adams said, there is danger from all men, and the only maximum of a free government is to trust no man living with the power
4: to endanger the public liberty. And uh, we have forgotten his wise words. So on top of that,
1: you now have the situation where the country is increasingly divided. Tom Del had written this book, The Divided Nation, and increasingly that is so. And uh, Tom's hypothesis is the the more the government taxes,
4: spends, and decides, the more divided we're going to be. And I would add to that is...
1: We used to, it used to be said that Republicans and Democrats shared the same goals, but just differed on means to achieve those goals. We all wanted a prosperous, peaceful country. We wanted, uh, the opportunity for all of our citizens. We wanted a growing middle class and a rising standard of living. We wanted to have, preserve our freedom, we wanted to preserve the republic. Uh, but I think the just quick, a brief look around and that is no longer so, both at the governmental level as well as at the citizen level. Um, coming full circle back to this latest indictment, how this all plays, and in this larger political context, you know, New Gingrich spoke recently after the latest politicized indictment of Donald Trump.
2: I think what you're seeing tonight is one tree in a forest, And I think we are drifting towards the greatest constitutional crisis since the 1850s uh, and the rise of secession and the Civil War. I don't mean that as hyperbole. Uh, If you read Andy McCarthy's remarkable book, Ball of Collusion, which came out in 2019, he makes very clear that it is Barack Obama who corrupts the Justice Department. It is Hillary Clinton who routinely breaks the law and gets away with it. And now we have Joe Biden who's learned. He's learned from Obama that doesn't matter what you do, if you're a liberal Democrat, you will not be prosecuted. He learned from Hillary that a person in high public office can get millions and millions of dollars. And they learned from watching Donald Trump that a true outsider willing to take on the entire system could destroy their entire machine. So what you're seeing across the country is a desperate last-ditch effort by a corrupt machine to destroy their most dangerous opponent in a way which not only breaks the Constitution, destroys the rule of law, and establishes a moment of bitterness uh, which I think will last for a generation or more. I think this is going to be a horrendous period, and we just need to understand the people who want to control America and dictate to the rest of us will break any law, lie about any topic, and manipulate the system any way they can. And that includes a lot of the elite news media.
1: Very keen observation. The only part I would differ with him on is a moment of bitterness that will last a generation. Absolutely. This Politicized persecution of Donald Trump and his supporters, and the unequal treatment—you will add on to that—is J Sixers, people that walked into the Capitol sometimes through a door that was being held open by a uniformed Capitol police officer. Spent a few, damaged no property, hurt no one, are being. sentenced to to many years in prison, while BLM and Antifas that burned, rioted, and pillaged on behalf of the Democrat Party in the summer of 2020 are let off scot-free or with slaps on the wrist. I remember one case that kind of illustrates that is an Antifa used an axe to break into the office of a Republican senator. And not only did he get no jail time and was, and was released, they gave him his axe back. And you compare that to the treatment of, of, the, of the J6s. I was just reading uh, this past week is that there's one uh, J6 prisoner did, did committed no violence, hurt no one, damaged no property. Just walked inside the Capitol, and he's being held in a, a six by two foot concrete room. Lights are on twenty four seven. Has a bucket to use as a toilet. Has a mat on the concrete floor.
4: Um, has only has only allowed to wear a pair of shorts, and that's okay. The whole system is turning a blind
1: eye to that mistreatment. That if it was done to anyone else, if it was done to an actual criminal. The ACLU would be there on the spot suing and uh, Democrats would be hemming and hawing. Oh, how can you treat this poor criminal this way? Aristotle uh, said that uh, the only stable state is one in which all men are equal before the law. So this moment of bitterness is is not a byproduct
4: of regime policy. It is a goal of regime policy. They want people divided. They want to, un- they're, they're, Tucker Carlson said, they're trying to wreck the country. And if you look at everything that the regime,
1: the Democrat Party, and I when I say regime, I mean the broader range of institutions and companies and big companies and media, Wall Street, big banks, universities, the broader regime, the ruling class of the country, look at everything that they're doing through that lens, from the open borders to allowing crime to run free, to allow criminals to loot stores with impunity, with the streets where there are the homeless, there are drug addicts, 100,000 people a year dying from fentanyl, and the, the government doesn't treat that as any kind of crisis, but we need to spend $200 billion helping Ukraine um, fighting a proxy war against Russia, dumbing down of the schools, indoctrinating children to ta- to hate their country, sexualizing children. If you look at what they're doing, and that's just a partial list, through the lens that they're trying to wreck the country,
4: and only through that lens, then then and only then does everything make sense.
1: And, with that, and on that note, let's, uh, uh, we will just talk further about, okay, now what can we, uh, the private citizens, the most important political office, do about these things? We'll talk more about that in our final segment, but let's first hear again from Ed Hoffman of United America Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this.
5: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman
1: with United American
5: Mortgage and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. Think about this. Your mortgage rate is at 3%, but your car loan is now at 10 or 11%. Over the past year, the average car payment has risen from $400 to $800. Rates on your credit cards have risen from an average of 14% up to 20% and higher. And across the country, credit card balances are higher now than they were before COVID. HELOCs are now at 10%. You don't want to touch your low-rate mortgage, but you're paying through the nose on all of your other debts, and it's hard to make ends meet solution do a cash out refinance and wrap all your debt together on your house now and lower all your payments then when the rates really drop next year you can do a rate and term refinance when rates are really low and not have to pay the cash out refinance fees to do it If this idea makes you curious, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo.
0: Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage
1: Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate.
0: AM 590, the answer.
1: Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots, as well as the Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. The Redlands Tea Party Patriots are freedom-loving, America-loving Americans dedicated to saving and restoring our country, freedom, and republic through personal freedom, protected by constitutionally limited government, free enterprise, with opportunity for all and favoritism for none. Fiscal responsibility where government lives within our means and putting America and Americans
4: first in one nation under God. So if you look around, and I think if you look around even with
1: a modicum of seriousness, the country is declining. We're losing our country, our freedom, and republic. I said before the twenty back in twenty sixteen before Donald Trump was elected that even if he's elected, even if there's a Republican majority in the House and Senate, we are still losing the country because we're losing the culture we're losing the next generation as well as mass immigration, which is stacking the voting deck for the Democrat party. Um, Back in 2016, I don't remember the exact numbers, but basically Donald Trump won native-born Americans by a wide margin, and Hillary Clinton won non-native-born American citizens by an even wider margin. And hence, the open borders and mass immigration, even though that affects the wages of American citizens, drives up taxes, all sorts of deleterious effects of, of, of mass immigration. So what do we do? What do we do? I'm, I guess you could go buy you know buy some farmland in Missouri someplace, and we'll try to live out your the rest of your life as best you can as the country falls around you. And uh,
4: maybe that that's we all have that choice. We all have a choice of what we do. We all, but we were bequeathed this great country. Prosperity, freedom, the ability to choose our leaders. And that came at great cost. Of uh, The guys that uh,
1: that charged into the machine gun fire, for example, on Omaha Beach. Or the guys that fought off, um, heavily outnumbered and surrounded at uh, Chosan Reservoir in the Korean War. Or that crossed the Delaware on Christmas night with George Washington and won a key victory that kept the revolution going and countless other examples that I could come up with. And to say that, okay, I'm just going to give up because it's hopeless, at least for me, is not an option. I could not, sit, knowing what's going on, seeing what I've seen, seeing what I see is happening to
4: the country, I couldn't sit back. Um, So now what? We know what we're doing is not sufficient. Uh,
1: Abraham Lincoln said in a speech earlier, early in the Civil War, as our situation is new, we must think and act anew. And we also, I was Theodore Roosevelt said that do what you can with what you got where you are. And that's what we try to do in the United Coalition and in the Relative Tea Party Patriots. There's a lot of these big issues that we can't affect. I can't, you know, I can't, make the, the Department of Injustice or Democrat DAs obey the law and enforce the law in an even-handed fashion. But what we can do things like is we can work on election integrity locally. We can try to elect better members of the city council and the school board. We can alert our our citizens to what's going on, because sometimes these bad bills can be stopped. For example, you still we still had this the California legislature is still in session. And uh, paraphrasing uh, Mark Twain, no man's life, liberty, or property are safe when the, leg- when the legislature is in session. And what's happening on now is neither are, neither are your children's private parts. Uh, there are horrendously bad bills up there, that uh, such as AB665, the most insidiously evil bill the Democrat Party has yet come up with that allow 12 and older Children to consent to mental health treatment, quote unquote, without their parent's, their parents' knowledge or consent, which not only gives unknown people access to your children's minds and emotions, but also the law, the bill expressly allows the children to consent to go to a quote, residential care facility, unquote. So if this bill passes, you could li- literally send your child to school in the morning. And if your child decides they want to go to a residential care facility where, guess what? They don't have any bedtimes. You can watch whatever you want to on TV. You can eat whatever you want to. You can be like children in your cell, and your parents really don't understand you. Your parents are mean to you, aren't they? Your 12-year-old says yes, and uh, you may never see your child again. And, of course, once they're there, then they can undergo the transgender treatments uh, chemically and surgically. Another really bad one is AD 957, which uh, basically requires the courts to, in a custody dispute to favor the parent that wants to trans the children chemically and surgically castrate, mutilate, and sterilize them. 1078 usurps the authority of local school boards. uh, And they call us the extremists. But! Sometimes these bad bills can be stopped if the legislators hear from enough of their constituents. And one great way to do that is you can go to realimpact.us. That's realimpact.us. You put in your address and you can find out, you can get the contact information for your state legislators. You can even email them directly from the website. Um, Ask your pastor. About these bills, if your pastor has not spoken out about these bills, he or she should be speaking out about these bills. Bring them up, and if your pastor, oh, we don't, you know, we we don't, we we don't get involved in politics. So we'll, we'll we'll let the Democrats pass bills that take away parental rights and result in chemically and surgically castrating, mutilating, and sterilizing children. If that's the position of your pastor, well, that's his right to
4: say that but maybe you should find a church with a with a better pastor than that one what else can we do the enemy controls all of the
1: big institutions they control the so-called universities the government runs schools of uh, big corporations big banks but what we control is
4: our wallets and purses and we've seen just kind of impromptu Movements, for example, Anheuser-Busch and
1: Bud Light, when they used that, uh, uh, Dylan Mulvaney to try to sell Bud Light. And they've, uh, and, uh, Anheuser-Busch has suffered grievously for that. Disney has suffered before its support of
4: sex grooming children. And that's about anything organized. So using what the tools that we have
1: using the political and economic weapons that we have before us, that's that has to be
4: one of them. In addition, I think, first and foremost, is you can't win a war if you don't know you're fighting one, if you don't recognize you're fighting one. And like it or not, and it's unfortunate
1: that the country has come to that, but the reality is, We are in a cultural, political, economic, and legal
4: civil war for the fate and future of the country, our freedom, and our republic. And certainly the Democrats
1: and their people, they, at every level, every opportunity, they push that agenda. A DA will indict Donald Trump, or they will indict other people that are trying to do election integrity work or they will try to intimidate parents, or they will try to uh, sexualize children, and so on. They realize what they're doing, and they every opportunity, they pursue the Civil War. And we need to adopt the same type of mindset. It's unfortunate, but that's reality. The, uh, par- the common paraphrase of what Ayn Rand wrote goes that uh, you can ignore reality But you cannot ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. So it really comes down to this, the motto of this show. The most important political office is that of the private citizen. And the question before us is whether we, the private citizens, are going to stand up. Are we going to band together to save our country, our freedom, and republic? I think we can do it. I know that we can do it, but we just need a greater level of commitment, citizen involvement, leadership, strategy, and above all, courage. And of course, most important thing is tune in every week,
0: Saturdays, to listen again to Unite, IE Radio. AM 590, The Answer